glory to God. Truly, glory to God. Because he deserves all of it. If you've been in spirit life, you know, we've been talking about spiritual authority the past couple weeks. And thank you, Brother Rob, for taking spirit life today and teaching us about discipleship and the power of multiplication. But truly, God deserves all the glory. Because like we talked about in spirit life, a human being, although can be very impressive to other human beings, <laughs> pales in comparison to what God can do. No human can do what God can do. No human can breathe life into another human body. No human can heal somebody miraculously and send cancer packing and, and send disease. No human can do that. So truly, all glory goes to God because he's the one who saves our soul. He's the one who ministers to the deep parts of our heart. He is the one. Man, I'm just thankful. While I was uh, playing the drums today, I, <laughs> I wanted to just jump off and take a lap. <laughs> that, that, you know, there is something so freeing and amazing to just feel like all the weight can lift off your shoulders and just be in the presence of God and just be there and exist with him and, and sit with him like, uh, like we get to just enjoy the presence of God. I mean, we don't deserve that at all, but God pulled us out of darkness and into, oh my goodness. God pulled us out of darkness and into his light. Oh man. A little emotional today because oh, the word that I felt the Lord speak to me is what I lived through. So I, today, the title of what we're gonna talk about is Lighthouses. Can we all lift our hands and just pray that God would do exactly what he wants to do? Father, we love you so much. We lift you up, oh God. You are so mighty, Jesus. You're the lighthouse in the darkness that beckons to us and brings us to safe harbor. God, you pulled us out of the darkness of this world. You pulled us out of the darkness of our sin and our flesh into your marvelous light. At once we were not a people, but now have become the people of God. At once we did not have mercy, but have now obtained mercy through Jesus Christ. God, we ask that you would do exactly what you wanna to do today. We set our agenda aside. Lord, I pray that your words would go forth from this pulpit. Lord, just anoint your messenger today, and I pray that your word would call out to the deepest parts of our heart. And we give you glory and honor, Jesus. I know you're gonna do something special today. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. You can all be seated. Man, from darkness to light. Uh, today, I'm gonna actually start with um, a true story that took place on Christmas Eve of 1886. So a long time ago. Um, this is a true story of a man named Captain Lord and his son, Ralph. And again, this was Christmas Eve, 1886, but he and his son um, were sailors by trade. And actually, uh, Captain Lord was a naval officer for the United States Navy at that time. And they were on a trip that they had done many, many times. They had sailed up the East Coast 
and this was nothing new. They were both seasoned sailors. They were uh, seasoned men of the sea, if you will. But something like happened while they were on that ship in that particular night in 1886. Uh, a storm came out of nowhere and just waylaid the ship to the point where the rain came down like sheets in front of their face, mixed with snow and fog, and completely unable to see. The light that they had on board was not enough to pierce through the darkness to see where they were going. They knew they were fairly close to shore, but not didn't know exactly where they were at. And everyone on the ship is running around trying to strap everything down and trying to hold on literally for dear life while the seas were beating on the side of the ship and the wind was tossing them all over the place and the rain was so thick, the fog was so thick that they couldn't see where they were going. And the intuition of, of Captain Lord was to send his son up the rigging to try and look for some, some land, some uh, uh, some sign that there was a harbor nearby, just something. So his son, Ralph, climbed, climbed up the rigging with ice caked on his gloves and all over his body, and he makes it to the top, and he's squinting to try and see through the darkness. I don't know if I mentioned, but this was at night. <laughs> but he tried to just see any, anything through the rain, the darkness, the fog, just any sign of civilization. And as he squinted through the rain, in the back of his mind, he thought he had saw something, something way off in the distance. It wasn't close by, but he thought he could see something, didn't even know what it was at the time. And as they continued to sail maybe 15, 20 minutes, now he could start to see light. And it was the light of a lighthouse. So he gets so excited that he grabs onto the rope and slides down it with his gloves, and he slid down so fast it burned straight through the ice, straight through the gloves. He got to the deck, threw his gloves on the ground, and just shouted to his dad, Captain Lord, there's a lighthouse. And if you know, I know a lot of us are not very familiar with sailing, and I'm not a sailor, but when you're in a situation like that, just that symbol of a lighthouse, just seeing the light off in the distance immediately filled them with vigor and it filled them with hope, knowing that they weren't too far away. So Captain Lord grabs a hold of the, the steering, basically the steering wheel, whatever the technical term is, is of it, but he grabs that steering wheel and starts going in the direction that his son was pointing out. And they get closer and closer to the point where now the, the light from the lighthouse was enough to illuminate their immediate surroundings as it spun on its, uh, on its axis. And they could see that if they had missed it, but for 20 or 30 seconds, they would have been shipwrecked. They could see the sharp rocks of the shore close by. That lighthouse saved their lives that night. And they were able to make it into safe harbor. What a Christmas Eve to remember. What a Christmas Eve to remember. But, you know, lighthouses have been around for a long time. And the whole point of the lighthouse is to warn a sailor against the dangerous coast, the shallows, the, the rocks that they could get shipwrecked and marooned on and lead them into safe harbor. Lead them into safety from 
the tossing and turning of the sea and the wind and the waves and all of this. That's the whole point of a lighthouse. But you know, in Genesis chapter one, verses three through five, God invents light. Genesis chapter one, verse three in the Amplified says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, or in other words, it was pleasing and useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. In other words, he causes it to continue being. He's the king of light. He affirmed and sustained the light. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. And God called the light day and darkness he called the night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. That was in the amplified version. But God called light into being when there was nothing. God spoke and it was. That's the creative force of the God God that we serve is that he can just say something and it comes to pass. So he speaks, let there be light, and there was light. And the Bible says that by him, it is confirmed and sustained. He is light. That's what the Bible tells us. He is light. The very uh, core of his glory and his presence is symbolized through light. He is light. He sustains light. But at the very beginning of time, God establishes light as a force of nature. And there's, he uses the the dynamic between light and darkness to teach us lessons all through the Bible. We see those words, light, darkness, occur over and over again when describing things in the supernatural. This is what it means. Light equals hope, safety, and enlightenment. Darkness means hopelessness, danger, and blindness. Those are the ways that those words are used in the Bible. But can I tell you, as we live through life, Let's use this analogy. We're all like ships drifting in a dangerous sea. We're all like ships being tossed uh, by the choppy seas of anxiety, by the clouds of depression, rain of hardship, wind of pressure, and darkness of uncertainty. We're all ships drifting, being pushed around, tossed by the waves, pushed by the wind, driven wherever this world or this flesh would have us to go. Now, I'm going somewhere, so stick with me. But it's frightening. It is a frightening thing to be stranded in the darkness of of this world. It is a frightening thing to see the world fall apart before our eyes and know there is nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do to change it. That is a frightening concept. And life is difficult. The Bible tells us that. Proverbs chapter four, verse 19 in the Amplified says, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. That word wicked in Hebrew literally means outlaw or someone who is outside of the law of God. It is like living in deep, oppressive darkness to be outside of God's will, to be outside of his word, to be outside of his spirit. It is oppressive and dark. And this type of darkness that we're dealing with, spiritual darkness, is one that does not relent. It's it's a darkness that takes joy. It is a darkness that takes peace. It doesn't give up when it's working on the human heart. It's like a dark cloud. It's like the storms that can hit a ship in the middle of the night that does not relent, that pushes it where it wants to go and, and wherever that darkness desires a human heart to go. The way of the outlaw is deep darkness. The way of the outlaw is calamity. 
while we're adrift in the rain and the winds and the darkness, and we feel that depression and anxiety start to build up in us, we feel completely alone. But did you know that we really aren't alone? We may feel that way, but there's a light in the distance. I don't know if y'all are catching this because this was my life, but there's a light in the distance. A light that's a warning. A light that is hope. A light that leads to safe harbor. A light that draws men to it. This light calls out to the deepest core of our heart. It draws that empty space inside that we've tried so hard to fill. And this light that continues to shine in the midst of darkness reaches out a hand of help to a human being. This light, Jesus Christ, is the one standing on the shore saying, come to me. You do not have to live in the darkness. You don't have to be driven by your anxieties. You don't have to be driven by your, your lusts and your desires. You can have safe harbor. There's a light in the distance. When we're living in our own flesh, that light, the first time we see it, it seems so far off, yet it is the constant in life. The winds come and go, the rain comes and goes, but that light stays the same. And it seems small, but the closer we get to it, the more love we feel from that light, the more satisfaction we feel from that light, the more we desire to be in that light. And realize that the way we have been living in darkness is not a, a way of life at all. Because that ultimately leads to destruction and calamity. But the light of Jesus calls to something so deep inside of us. Something that God put there when he formed you in your mother's womb. The desire to be filled with him, with our creator. He is the lighthouse. That lighthouse draws us to safe harbor. He's our creator. The creator of the universe calls out to us. Psalm chapter 27 and verse one in the New King James says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There is no place for fear when you're in the presence of God. Who shall we fear? We have the creator of the universe has shined his light in our heart and has illuminated us and pulled us out of darkness. Who shall we be afraid of? He is our strength. He sustains us. It's his endurance that keeps us moving forward, not our own. And many times in scripture, God's referenced as light. Psalms 18 verse 28 for you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Micah 7 and 8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. He is the lighthouse that shines in the dark and reveals himself to everyone who is adrift in the dark waters of life. He leads us to safe harbor, away from destruction and ruin. 
When we're shaken with anxiety and depression and fear, he is there. When the pressures of life squeeze us and confine us, he is there. When our finances are tight, let's get real, when our finances are tight, he is there. When our health is failing, he is there. God offers light to every human being, the light bringer. John chapter eight, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The light of life. This is Jesus's offer to lead us to light and out of darkness. Finally, darkness no longer has a hold on a human heart. We can escape the darkness of this world. The light of Jesus that shines in the darkness brings hope and salvation instead of a bleak future. He is light. In the beginning, he created light. Today, he still sustains light. He is light. And his light brings salvation to a lost soul. He saves us from ourselves. Do y'all understand that? He saves us from our own flesh. He saves us from darkness. He saves us from the life of an outlaw. Acts chapter two, verses 37 and through 39 say, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the, the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They realized, they were convicted. They, they realized what had just happened with Jesus being crucified and they were still sitting in darkness. What shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promise is to you and to your children and all that are afar off as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Holy Spirit, the light of God brings salvation to our life. This is how we escape the darkness. These are the steps to get out of, of that boat that's tossed with anxiety, depression, with wind, and, and with the, the turning seas, and, and with our own desires. This is how we get out. God made a way. He is the lighthouse shining in the darkness saying, come to me, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and be filled with my light or be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're tired of walking in darkness, this is the way out. After hearing Peter's message, they realized that they were still stuck in darkness, but they saw the light. His light also brings deliverance. Luke chapter 4, verses 17 through 21, and he handed the book of the prophet, or and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. I love this is probably one of my favorite. I, I know I've brought <laughs> This scripture has been in my notes many times, but I love it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This, was, this is what Jesus read from the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Uh, because um, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. 
And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, the Messiah has come. Today, the Savior of the world has stepped onto the scene. The Savior of our soul has come to preach deliverance to the captives, set at liberty them that are oppressed, to open the sight to the blind, to heal, to forgive, to deliver, to set free. That's why it does my heart so good to see brothers and sisters dancing before the Lord. Rid of all the chains that would bind them. Rid of all the past that would try to control them. Rid of all of the things that used to drive their life. Now they can dance before the Lord in freedom and in liberty. Because the God that we serve delivers our soul. When we feel it deep inside, we can take off. We can run a lap. We can dance before Jesus. We can lift our hands and say, Father, thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me. God, thank you for saving me from the darkness and bringing me into light. Y'all might not understand, but this is my life that I'm talking about. This is what God did for me. He took me out of darkness into his light. He gave me mercy when I didn't deserve it. He forgave me of my sins when I didn't deserve it. He washed me in his blood. He died on a cross. That's the death I deserve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, today, this, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus read that prophecy from Isaiah, and he was telling them who he was. He was telling them what he came to do. It's very similar to when John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus and said, Are you the one? Are you the one, or should we look for another? And Jesus said, Go tell John what you see and hear. This scripture was being fulfilled and he went. That was his sign that he's the Messiah. He was telling them exactly who he was. He brings freedom from oppression. Deliverance from addiction and sin and anxiety and depression. He delivers us. Mm. The other thing that his light does is it brings peace. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. I'm sorry, uh, Nate, I, I never even sent these scriptures to you and I know I got a lot, I'm sorry. But Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the, God, and, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. His peace is like armor to our heart and mind. The peace which passes all understanding. Or in other words, like if you want to put it in our language, it doesn't make sense. That peace does not make sense. When you lose your job, you still have peace. That doesn't make sense. But that is the peace of God. When you're in the worst circumstances of your life and you shouldn't have peace and you do, that doesn't make sense. But that is the peace of God. And that peace protects our mind. It protects our heart. It keeps us safe from those, those doubting thoughts. It keeps, us, it keeps our heart safe from trying to go back to that darkness after Jesus has already pulled us out. 
That peace doesn't make sense, but God is the one who gives it. The God of peace. When everyone else says you should be worried, this scripture says, be anxious for nothing or don't be worried about anything because of that peace. Mm, the peace that's anchored in the hope of eternity with Jesus. That peace that is anchored in that hope of a beautiful future where we can see our creator face to face and we can be with him for all of eternity. Mm. Don't let anxiety rule you. Instead, allow God to give you peace. Mm. But you know what? You know what's really, what's really cool about all this? is that once Jesus pulls us out of that darkness and into his light and we're led to safe harbor and God fills us with his spirit, or in other words, for, for the sake of our example, he fills us with his light. Now we become lighthouses. We become lighthouses to the world. Beacons of hope in the darkness. The same way Jesus shined out in the darkness, we reflect the glory of God out into the dark world. And people start to see Jesus when we're just going about our every day. It's like a beacon of hope. Light when people are surrounded by darkness. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy, the God of all creation, the one who designed each and every one of us, the one who hung every star in the sky, the one who spoke worlds into existence. I just want you to grab the, the, the power here. Yet he desires a relationship with his creation. First John chapter one and five, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Look at this. God wants a relationship with his creation. He desires each one of us, every person in the world, to have a relationship with him, to be filled with his light. That's what he desires. But since God cannot dwell in darkness, understand this, he pulls us out of darkness to dwell with him in light. Since he can't dwell in darkness, he pulls us out of darkness to be with him. Mm. His presence dispels darkness. His presence utterly casts out darkness. No matter how deep the darkness is, no matter how bleak it is, God's light casts it out completely. He pulls us out of our sin to have a relationship with him mm. and so that we can be beacons of hope to others. As people drifting along without hope and faith, they'll see the glory of God in the faces of all of us. They'll see the glory of God 
That if we live a life that's pointing back to Jesus, just like Pastor was saying, if we live that way, we'll become hope to people. And it's not us. Like, keep that in mind. It's not us. It's not by our own special abilities that we can give people hope. That doesn't happen. But the God that lives through us will reach through us to somebody else. Reach through us to the heart of somebody who is hurting. Mm, The light that they see in the church is a reflection of God's glory. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5. I know I got a lot of scriptures here, but... (laughs) I know I got a lot. You're all sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of the darkness because God has brought us out of that darkness. Jesus bought us with his blood and then brought us into the light. We belong to him. We belong to Jesus. You know, Let's all stand. We're, we're just gonna wrap this up because there's something, there's two specific things that I wanna pray for during like this altar call. Let's all just, um, let's, let's close our eyes. Let's, let's do this. Let's close our eyes. So there's two specific things that I would like us all to bind together and pray about. The first is that if you're feeling like a castaway, adrift in the dark seas of life and discouragement. Let's pray. Because the light is here. We've already seen it so far in this service. The light is here. And he wants to fill you with his light. He wants to pull you out of darkness and into his marvelous light to fill you with his spirit. And this is the other thing, that if you've already encountered the life-changing light of Jesus Christ. Let's pray that we would be reflections of that light. That in everything that we do, the way we live our life, the way that we speak, the way that we interact with others, that we would be reflections of the glory of God. So that when people look to us, there's something different about that person. There's something different. They have something And we can just point them back to Jesus. God is our lighthouse. This is how the progression is. As we're in in, in life and we're sitting in our boat and we're being tossed all uh, all about with waves and wind and all this stuff. Here's the progression. As we're stuck there in darkness, Jesus beckons to us with his light. And when he brings us into light, now we can become that light to somebody else and lead people to hope. That's what it's all about. We don't have to live in darkness. We don't have to be ruled by our past. We don't have to let those anxious thoughts and that depression and and our addictions and whatever, we don't have to let that stuff rule our lives anymore because God saves our soul. He delivers us from all of the infirmities of our flesh. It doesn't mean that life's gonna be easy, but it does mean that we can have peace and we can have hope knowing that when we leave this earth, we get to dwell with that light with Jesus Christ for all of eternity. And that's the kind of hope that we can bring to others. 
Matthew chapter five, let's all lift our hands. We're gonna start praying here right after I finish this scripture. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. This is Jesus talking. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Just as Jesus provided that light to us, we can provide a direction to the lighthouse. We can be beacons of hope. Let's all lift our hands. And I would invite you to come down to this altar if you're comfortable. Come on down to this altar. You can encounter the presence of God wherever you're at, but this is just a, just a step of faith, just a signal of faith. But God can meet you wherever you decide to, to pray. But if you're feeling like life is tossing you all around and you're stuck in darkness, look to Jesus. He's the constant. He's the light that's always there. And if you've already encountered that life-changing light, Let's pray that God would give us opportunities to reveal his glory to others. To be able to point people back and say, look what Jesus did. Jesus saved my soul. Jesus delivered me. Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. Lord, we lift you up today. You're the God of light. Lord, step into this room and begin to work on our hearts. Jesus, if there's anyone in, in this room that has not received your spirit, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would just pour out your spirit on all the people here that are hungry. Fill us with your light, Jesus. Fill us with your light, Jesus. And God, that same light that we get to encounter Help us to take it with us when we start to live our lives, when we leave this room, when we, when we go back to work and when we go to school and when we go uh, to the grocery store, God, let that light shine through our hearts. Help us to become beacons of hope. Help us to become lighthouses to a lost world. You've entrusted your church and these individuals with your light, God. Let us take care of it. Let us represent it correctly, God. Let it just come out of everything that we do. We're children of light, no longer children of darkness. We can walk with you, Jesus. No longer live as an outlaw. And God, we will give you glory in everything that we do. You are so holy. So sure. 